the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Uh, well, thank you, Peter. I might need that to sleep on. Uh, when we were in San Diego, especially in the early days of St. Anthony, it was getting started. I, I, we had a wonderful deacon. I, it was just wonderful. But every year, they would do a family fishing trip. And when they took that family fishing trip, because it was a fairly large extended family, we would be sort of decimated at St. Anthony by so many people missing. And I used to threaten him. I'd say, Deacon Tom, I'm going to pray for rain. I want your whole fishing trip ruined. Now, I never did because I had mercy. 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 But as I speak, a significant portion of our congregation is tailgating in the Oakland Coliseum. <laughs> and should we pray that it rain? No. Why? Mercy. Mercy. That's the parable. One of the most well-known of all the parables of Jesus. For 12 years at St. Anthony, we held services at the Episcopal Church of the Good Samaritan. And they were Good Samaritans to us. We were very appreciative of what they did for us. They were very helpful. They had a significant role in helping St. Anthony get started. But this parable is so well known, and I want to just, I, I've lived with the parable this week. It's just really been fun. I've spent the entire, probably the last 10 days, just every day, just loving this parable. And maybe above all else, what I want out of this parable, I, this is not quite true, but what I want out of it is I want you to be my neighbor. And perhaps you would like me to be yours. But for sure, I want you to be my neighbor. Now, <clears throat> the disciples had been sent out by two by two, and, and they'd gone out preaching, and they came back, and they were all excited. The demons are subject to us, and we're healing people, and it's just spectacular, and the Lord uh, cautioned them about what they thought. But, and, and then there's just sort of a gap in Luke 10. And the next thing that happens after this discussion of the disciples coming and the Lord, this discussion, they come back from, from their two-by-two two mission, and the next thing it says, and a lawyer stood up to test him. So we don't really know the context of how that took place. But I've got a sneaking suspicion that this lawyer uh, had a pretty good impression of himself. First of all, he had to be aware by this time in Jesus' ministry that Jesus had done some rather significant things. But maybe being a little bit full of himself, he was going to test Jesus on a rather important question. So, so there are going to be two questions, and there's going to be two answers, and it's really interesting the way how all this works out. And it's, since it's kind of fun, and I know, you already know the point. You know where I'm going. I want you to have mercy. So we'll just, have, we'll just enjoy this parable. So the lawyer stands up, and he asks this crucial question. What must I do to inherit eternal life? Can you think of a more important question? I can't. 
I don't know what else I can think of. That, that's the question I want the answer to, so it's not an irrelevant question. And so he asks the question, teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Now, what I want very much to show you in this parable is that the giver of the parable is a shower of mercy even to the lawyer himself. As a matter of fact, I actually thought consciously of this. I thought, how would St. John Chrysostom deal with this parable? We don't know exactly because he didn't do a commentary on Luke. But I've read for, for three or four years, I read John Chrysostom every single day. Now, if you know anything about John Chrysostom, you would know when I say, I've read him 10,000 times because he uses 10,000 about 10,000 times. It's one, you know, Metropolitan Joseph says millions and millions. Well, inflation, uh, John Chrysostom was only 10,000. But uh, over and over again, John Chrysostom shows how the Lord had mercy on the scribes, the Pharisees, the priests, the lawyers. He was always trying to, he was trying to help. He wanted to get them to eternal life. So the lawyer asks him, good master, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? Now, he's asking the Son of God this question, and it's actually inappropriate now, isn't it? So he asks him the question, and Jesus, in great mercy, and again, I can't prove that this man, had, the lawyer, had a, a high opinion of himself. You know, most lawyers, lawyers do. do. <laughs> uh, and the Lord says, okay, uh, how, what's in the law? How do you read it? He's giving the man the opportunity to tell us what he knows. And so the lawyer quickly, I, I don't understand why he did it, because he asked Jesus a question, and now Jesus is asking him to answer the question. And so the lawyer says, uh, how he reads in the law, Hear, O Israel, the Lord your God is one Lord, and you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength, and your neighbor is yourself. Now, I don't know if there was a crowd there or not. I don't know, because it doesn't say. We just don't know the context of this parable. But let's assume there was a crowd. Certainly the, the disciples were there. And any godly Jew would know that part, that passage, by heart. Today, even, a godly Jew, a devout Jew, is going to quote that passage how many times a day? Twice. The Shema. It, one of the most well-known passages in the entire scriptures. So it wasn't rocket science that the lawyer knew that passage. It wasn't particularly profound, but the lawyer answers <clears throat> uh, with that. You love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength, and your neighbor is yourself. And Jesus answers. Two questions, two answers. First question, first answer. How do I inherit eternal life? Love the Lord your God with all your heart, etc. You have answered correctly. And then the second question, the lawyer, maybe he realized that he sort of didn't get the due he should have gotten uh, because so far he didn't win in the test that he was putting to Jesus. I mean, it says he, he was putting him to a test. The lawyer thought he knew more than Jesus. At least he was going to check it out. So the lawyer, lawyer says, and who is my neighbor? And then here we get the parable of the Good Samaritan. Now, this is not a travel advisory that Jesus is giving on travel 
from Jerusalem to Jericho. Uh, probably might have needed one, but uh, this man, this certain man, is traveling from Jerusalem to Jericho, and he falls among thieves, and they rob him and beat him and leave him half dead. And by chance, a priest, never trust a priest, comes along, sees him, passes by on the other side. And a Levite comes along, not exactly a deacon, but you know, okay, comes by, and he sees the man, and he says, oh, yuck. And he passes by on the other side. And the poor guy's lying there, literally half dead. And a Samaritan, uh-oh, we got a problem now. Remember the woman at the well, St. Fotini over there? Jews have no dealings with the Samaritans. Now let me tell you what happened. The Samaritan comes along, and he sees the man lying there half dead. And he gets off his mount. I'm assuming he had a horse or something. Maybe he didn't. Anyway, how did he get him to the end if he didn't? I don't know. He dragged him. But he goes to the man. He sees him, and he has compassion. Compassion. A hated man. And he looks at him, and he takes out some oil and wine, does the Samaritan. And he's just about to pour oil and wine into the man's wounds. And the man opens one eye. And he says, are you a Samaritan? And the man says, well, somewhat apologetically, yes. Don't you put any oil and wine on me, you Samaritan. We don't have, we don't have any dealings with you. You know that's not what happened. Sometimes, sometimes people don't want your mercy. Sometimes people don't want God's mercy. If you don't want it, then the Lord says, okay, I'm offering it to you, but you do need to accept it. Now, this man did accept it. He, if he was half dead, he probably was at least half conscious. And so... The man takes him to an inn, takes care of him, binds up his wounds, gives the innkeeper two days' wages. A denarii was about a day's wages. I don't know whether he was work at, worked at McDonald's in Samaria or, or whether he was a big businessman, but it's two days' wages. Take care of him, and I'll pay you anything extra when I come back. Now, you know that the man accepted mercy and the Samaritan gave mercy. Now, I'll tell you what else didn't happen. The Samaritan, the, 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 uh, the, man, the man gets attacked. Now, I'm, I'm uh, elaborating on the story. What I mean by that, I'm kind of lying. And five bandits come on the man. And they are robbing him, and they're beating him. And a priest comes by, and he says, whoop, I want no part of that. Levite comes by, whoops, I want no part of that. The Samaritan comes along and he says, I like this kind of stuff. And he pulls a knife out of his backpack. And he attacks the thieves and beats them off. No, that wouldn't have been compassion. That would have been sort of like Clint Eastwood beating up bad guys. 
The Lord is, in this parable, it's so simple. In this parable, all the Lord is trying to do is show who is your neighbor. Your neighbor has to do with the one who shows you mercy and to whom hopefully you show mercy. If you are my neighbor, then I would imagine I'm your neighbor, hopefully. But that's not necessarily so, but hopefully. Why? Well, do you know it was far more likely that the priest or the Levite might have lived next door to the man who was traveling? There's one person for sure who didn't, the Samaritan. So Jesus talks about what truly is a neighbor. It's somebody who has compassion. Compassion. And that's the point. You know, sometimes people get into the parables and they want to exegete every little dinky thing in the parable. And you lose the whole point of the parable. Parables have one point. The point of this parable, show mercy. I happened to have this text last year, this gospel. And I actually remember, which is remarkable, I re even remember the homily that Father Peter Gilquist would call a second-class miracle. I remember it because I exhorted you. Wives and husbands, show mercy to each other. Be neighbors to each other. Parents and children, be neighbors to each other. Show mercy. Show mercy to each other. I need mercy. You need mercy. We disappoint each other. We fall into trials. We fall into temptations. We get distressed. The devil and his demons beat us up all the time. Isn't that true? At least they sure try. When I get beat up, I don't need you to come and tell me, Father John, you're a priest. How could you do that? That's my question to ask, not yours. I can ask, why did I do that? You need to say, I need to bind up your wounds. I need to bind you up with oil and, and wine. The oil's sort of over there and the wine, confession. It's mercy. We show mercy to each other. So the, the second question is, who is my neighbor? And the answer just anyone who shows mercy, the one who shows mercy. Even in this parable, Jesus is showing mercy to the lawyer. He doesn't put the lawyer down. He doesn't embarrass him in public. I'm assuming there had to be people around. I just can't imagine that the lawyer was just sort of standing by the roadside waiting for Jesus to come by. There was, there was no doubt some crowd there. He doesn't embarrass him. He doesn't say, you idiot. He doesn't say, Are you, how come you're being so smart? You're quoting Deuteronomy 6 and Leviticus 19. Everybody knows that. Because that's what he quoted. He has mercy on him. He, he could have said, do you know who you're talking to? Do you know who you're trying to put to a test? 
Do you know who tried that on me before? The devil himself. And I whipped him. That's not mercy. It did happen. No. Mercy. So, all I'm encouraging you to do today, show mercy to each other. Show mercy to people. Not just Christian people. Not just not Orthodox, Orthodox people. people. Show, show mercy. I'm going to take a delicate step. Even in this season of political debate, show mercy. Don't stand by your TV and say, how could you be such an idiot? That's not mercy. And it will hurt your soul. What good does it do to say it? The lawyer was wrong, but Jesus didn't say, how could you ask such a question of the Son of God? No. Show mercy to all. That's my very simple exhortation to you today, and how are you going to get the strength to do it? By what we do in the rest of the service.